MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, December 17th, 2019. Today, the impeachment report is out, Chuck Schumer's letter to Mitch McConnell, Dems push for Justin Amash as house manager, the Hallmark Channel reinstates a same-sex marriage ad, Flynn gets an earful, and Russia airs Giuliani's One America News Network interview. I'm your host, AG, and with me today is Jordan Coburn. Hello. Hello, how are you? Good. Going to a party tonight? Yes, the Comedy Store La Jolla's holiday party is tonight. Yes, and the Madhouse's holiday party is tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, good times. Yay. Yay. Uh, so, we have a lot uh, today. I figured we might. <laughs> um, it's a historic week. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is, because we are now looking at the impeachment report, which just came out. This is a, another report, um, which we'll go over uh, in today's show. Uh, we've got possibly the impeachment vote uh coming on wednesday we have all the tuesday night demonstrations um which uh i you know i'll be heading to and then probably maybe oh no i got to go to la after that so but i'll be at one of them um and you can also support it online we'll go over that a little bit later in the show we've got some good news for our good news block you're going to be happy about that yay and um it's just always nice to end on good news so it is this is a good trend that we desperately need i think right now concur yeah mm-hmm. our and souls have like feels like we were just walking around and like fell into a ditch kind of uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> like the mayor of alpine yeah <laughs> driving i was walking mm-hmm. um it's an inside joke sorry if you don't get it uh so the last episode really easy to catch up <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's been it's been a crazy day and then also we were talking like before we started recording does this ever happen to anybody you're having a really productive day and then it just falls off. it just falls off mm-hmm. like um like you're only allowed to be so productive or do get so many things done in a day and i think if i pack them all in, in the morning then really nothing gets done after lunch so i've been struggling with that today but you know not in a bad way nothing's nothing's gone you know by the wayside it's just mm, my brain is full mm-hmm. so uh, i'm looking forward to uh, our holiday break and that is coming up starting on the 23rd of December we're going to be airing um, some of my favorite interviews including Seth Abramson uh, Greg Proops and a great interview with Andy McCabe and then we're going to be playing our threat book club we're going to cover the book The Threat so grab it on Audible right now or wherever you get your books um, start reading it it's really good and we'll just go over it episode by episode uh, over the holiday and then of course uh, we'll be back on January Sixth, I think, is the day. But there will be content for you every day, and it's it's relevant because of the you know just recently released Inspector General report and the looming sort of investigation, quote unquote, that's uh, that Bill Barr is is doing on McCabe for his lack of candor, and you know how the, he brought the grand jury back, and they didn't come forward with mm-hmm. an indictment. It seemed like they balked on that. And then, of course, we've been seeing, uh, you know, with this release, the IG report, a rehashing of the chronology of events that led up to the opening of Crossfire Hurricane. And McCabe goes over that very well, not only in his book, but in the interview. So I hope I hope you guys uh, enjoy that. It must be pretty emotionally terrorizing to be in the FBI right now or be anyone that was, you know, being investigated now 
multiple times essentially it's like it never ends the conspiracy theories never end Mm -hmm. so even though mccabe now it seems like he's not going to be indicted what's going to stop durham from coming out or something and recommending him for some sort of criminal referral after this it's like when did the fucking sham investigations the actual actual sham investigations (laughs) yeah and yeah and 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 meanwhile we've got people on on the right like q and all the trump supporters saying you know any day now they're gonna end up in guantanamo obama and susan rice and mccabe and comey and everybody and clinton so crazy uh, and uh, it it never happens these are like these remind me of the end of the world cult predictor people who are like oh it didn't happen deep state it's going to be next year you know and you're just like (laughs) all right okay see you next year at the end of the world party right the deep state thwarted the rapture yeah (laughs) (laughs) like that's how powerful they are. We're going to thwart the rapture. <laughs> We're working on it. Why are you giving away all of our secrets? God. Yeah, it really is. It is mind numbing. Yeah, I'm waiting for the free shoes. <laughs> all right. We've, we've got a lot to get to today. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. So Chuck Schumer, he's the minority leader in the Senate. Uh, He has said today that um, conducting an impeachment trial is an enormously weighty and solemn duty, but it it seems like the fix is in. Uh, And as we know, over the weekend, Senate Republicans, including Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham, have vowed to work with the White House in lockstep and have said in short, you know, they won't be uh, they won't pretend to be fair jurors. Lindsey Graham actually said that and they don't want to call any witnesses. Uh, Late last night, though, Chuck Schumer wrote a letter to Mitch McConnell. It was an angry letter uh, with his ideas of what a fair trial would look like. He says, quote, to engage in a trial without the facts coming out is to engage in a cover up. Do they want a fair and honest trial that examines all the facts or do they want a trial that doesn't let the facts come out? Trials have witnesses. And that's his big argument here. And in his letter, Schumer called for subpoenas to be issued to four witnesses who have direct knowledge of the Ukraine shakedown. There's acting chief of staff Mick Mulvaney, John Robert Mick. Mulvaney, uh, his deputy, Rob Blair, budget office official Michael Duffy, and former National Security Advisor John Bolton. Now, Duffy is the guy who, if you remember, there was this guy named Mark Sandy, I think, who testified uh, behind closed doors, but his test- he didn't testify publicly in the impeachment hearings. And he said that he was in charge of signing the letters to put the hold on the, on the aid. And he signed the first one, mm-hmm. started raising suspicions, and people were like, what the hell is this? And then they pulled him off that job and installed Duffy. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they want Duffy in there. Um, and let's see here, another quote. Each of them will have information to share about the charges made by the House, information that no one has heard, unquote. But as we know, Mitch has said, everything I do, I'm coordinating with the White House counsel. There will be no difference between their position and our position. Um, Schumer told CNN, quote, for him to talk to the president is one thing. For him to say, I'm going to do just whatever the president wants is totally out of line. Schumer will need at least four Republicans to join the Democrats to give them a majority to make these kinds of decisions in the Senate trial. And they're reaching out to seven senators. And one of them is Romney, which is funny because we just bring we just keep going back to the white horse prophecy and how some Mormon will come riding out of the West on a white horse to save the democracy that is hanging by a thread. Mm -hmm. Do your duty. Um, Schumer also told McConnell it would be open, uh, he would be open to Republicans calling their own witnesses to testify about Ukraine, but that would not include Hunter Biden. A spokesperson for Mitch said he will meet with Schumer soon to discuss all this, but so far McConnell has said he will not allow witnesses in this trial and he'll stick with Trump's plan. I was uh, just thinking as you were saying that initial part, them making an appeal to Republicans with that ability alone, them calling witnesses, that seems like something that would be effective. 
You would think. Yeah. Now, are you, are you talking about the Dems wanting to call their four witnesses? Well, yeah, like it trying to get Republicans to let them call witnesses, saying, mm-hmm. you know, just making the appeal of, let's make this, like he said, an actual trial. We'll call witnesses. You guys can call witnesses. Especially since in 1999, we have Mitch McConnell on tape saying, there have been 15 impeachments in the history of this country. Two of them were cut short by resignations and the other 13 impeachments, there were witnesses. It's not unusual to have witnesses in a trial. It's certainly not unusual to have witnesses in impeachment trial. The House managers have only asked for three witnesses, and I think that's pretty modest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, Schumer, Schumer back then did not want witnesses during the Clinton impeachment. Mm. So now the tables have turned. Yeah. Don't you hate that? Don't you? That part probably does get annoying in Washington, <laughs> being, okay, right? being on any party, because it's like, chances are anything that you're pissed at, your party's done at some point. Especially if you've been around for fucking 40 yeah. years. Like, we've got you on tape. Yeah. <laughs> like Games oh, are games. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but both Schumer and McConnell were in the Senate when Clinton was impeached, so it's like, you know, or yeah. they were in Congress, and so now, you know, now they have them on tape. Both of them. Right. Saying the opposite of what they say today. Exactly. They're both just sitting there hoping no one's going to put two and two together, really, yeah. outside of, I guess, the people that already have. Yeah. And, and if I were Schumer, I'd say, well, I was wrong back then. Is Mitch willing to say he was wrong back then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oh, God. These are the things that yeah. make it so exasperating. Yep. Yep. And this brings us back to some pundits, including Lawrence Tribe and John Dean. John Dean from Watergate. Mm-hmm. He's the, John Dean is the John Dean of of stupid watergate yeah (laughs) uh so they're pushing for democrats to withhold the articles of impeachment from the senate until schumer and the dems get what they want which is to call witnesses that's the leverage they have and many think they should use it to kind of force the senate republicans who are also pushing for a fast trial to give them what they want however I mean, does anyone really think the Republicans are going to agree to call Mulvaney, Bolton, Duffy and Blair? That would be a disaster for Trump. And I don't see them agreeing to it. Mm. So where does that put us? Well, in a brand new appeals court filing today, the House is arguing that its need for the Mueller grand jury materials is more urgent than ever since time is running short on impeachment. It also says it will continue its Mueller-related impeachment investigations under Article I impeachment powers regardless of Senate trial outcomes. I doubt they'd impeach him twice, but this leaves the door open, as well as the God-forbid scenario if Trump is re-elected. Uh, they're arguing that Mueller obstruction is not in the articles only because of this litigation taking so long. So hit the gas, uh, basically, is what mm-hmm. they're saying to the courts. And they're talking about the Mueller grand jury stuff, which is going to be heard January 3rd in the D.C. Court of Appeals, District Court of Appeals. Dems have told the court explicitly they need to show a pattern of behavior in the Ukraine crimes and as a part of separate impeachment investigation, a separate impeachment investigation. So don't discount Mueller. These court findings give us hints as to the Dems strategy. So we should be paying very close attention to these court filings. You said separate impeachment investigation? Yes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Meaning if they conclude this trial, what they said explicitly in this uh, court filing is we are still going to be in, in investigating under the umbrella of impeachment, Article One impeachment powers in the Mueller grand jury stuff. So and this is going back to McGahn and 
This is the Mueller, Mueller grand report stuff. This is the Mueller grand jury stuff. Yeah. They'll probably make the same argument in the McGahn case because that's the obstruction part of it. Yeah, I more meant the totality of the proceedings, like of that investigation, are going to be centered around the obstruction charges that were basically laid out in the Mueller report. And whatever else comes up in the grand jury materials, yeah. because there could have been, you know, impeachable crimes mm-hmm. with Russian uh, coordination. There might not have been, because all, you know, as we know, all Mueller was looking at was if they reached the, the threshold of a federal criminal uh, indictment. Mm-hmm. But just because something doesn't reach the federal criminal indictment level doesn't mean it doesn't reach an impeachable level. Mm-hmm. And so it's that and it's also combined with them needing to show a pattern of behavior of mm-hmm. inviting foreign entities to interfere in our elections, yeah. specifically in the Mueller case, Russia and here Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And now if you think about the fact that Russia might have been funding the Ukraine um, scheme, then it ties everything together in a nice bow. And I think that's what they're arguing here. So it'll be interesting to see um, how they proceed uh, with that. But again, if the appeals court in January, if they get it going, they might be able to hear it in March. We'll still get the we could get all five of the, you know, the two Mazars, the Deutsche Bank Capital One, the grand jury materials from Mueller and the McGann case all in the same month. We might Mm -hmm. get all those decisions at the same time. Damn. Right in the middle of election season. Now, they say that those are going to be, if the Senate trial ends, those are going to be impeachment investigations. There's also the thought of they won't send the articles over if they don't get a fair trial. And then everything gets subsumed into one giant impeachment in the summer. We really don't know at this point. Everyone is 99.99% sure we will have an impeachment vote in the House and send it to the Senate right after the holidays. But uh, as I've said, don't expect anything mm-hmm. uh, because when we look at these court filings it appears that this was sort of their goal all along mm-hmm. was to hurry this along the Mueller stuff and include it mm. in in these in these uh, impeachment hearings so well didn't they start getting wins in court related to the grand jury material on the basis of the impeachment argument even though there wasn't I mean that act alone kind of made the inquiry just that an official inquiry that's the way i saw it yeah because it wasn't until september 24th that nancy pelosi announced but in july july 27th is Mm -hmm. when nadler filed for the grand jury materials Mm -hmm. and in that filing said we are doing this under our article one impeachment powers and that's when we were popping champagne Mm -hmm. Uh, but everyone else sort of went with the official announcement that came the next month about a month later yeah and and then when we were celebrating that part then only it seems like a couple days later the Ukraine stuff broke and then that became the sort of crux of impeachment when people think about that but there was already an impeachment inquiry happening before yeah and I think Mm -hmm. that uh, the Dems were imagining it could take until next June and that's when they were going to impeach but then Ukraine happened and they could not wait right and then it was kind of I don't want to say a gift because obviously none of this is, is a gift, <laughs> right? Is good. But it's a it, really shitty gift. Yeah, <laughs> but it was like sort of a nugget of conciseness that the public could more easily grasp in terms of the inquiry. Yeah, it sort of showed up and and really broadened public support mm-hmm. because after Mueller testified, we went from uh, I don't know I think twenty five percent four to thirty eight percent four. And it wasn't until Ukraine broke that we hit over 50%. Mm-hmm. And we do have some new polling numbers to go over, too. But nice. um, we'll be right back with some key findings in the impeachment report right after this. Stay with us. 
Hey everybody, it's AG. This episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Embark. Uh, As our listeners know, I love my dog. I'll do anything for her. I even gave her her own cell phone. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, But the important thing I did for my dog was to give her the Embark Breed and Health DNA test to learn as much as I could about her breed and lineage and how to best care for her. Uh, Over 50% of dogs are either at risk or a carrier of genetic disease, and the Embark Breed and Health DNA test screens for any potential health conditions you have. Um, And all the information is there for you. It's necessary that will help you provide your dog with their best life. Embark makes it so easy. You just send a a simple cheek swab. We got one. Didn't take didn't take long. Wasn't hard. And uh, pop it in the mail and they do the rest. Uh, They use the most comprehensive DNA testing on the market. They look at over 100 times as much genetic information as the competition. So they're like head and shoulders above everyone. And they do this because they want to give the most accurate results and to make future genetic discoveries. And every Embark dog brings us closer to the goal of ending preventable diseases in dogs. And I love this. I love the, uh, the idea that this information is adding to a body of knowledge. I think it's really important. And Embark has an exclusive holiday offer for you you can't get anywhere else. Go to EmbarkVet.com now and use promo code DAILYBEANS to save 15% off your dog DNA test kit. Visit EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS to save. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody, welcome back. Um, so late last night, we got a friggin' 658-page report <laughs> out of the House for impeachment. To put that in perspective, we did a 20-part series of one-hour episodes for a 448-page Mueller report. So this is 200-plus pages longer than that. But to be fair, the first 175 pages to seem to be the most relevant. Uh, and I love this report. Uh, As I've talked about before, the Mueller information is not yet spelled out because it's still being litigated. That's what that court filing was that we talked about in in the opening segment. And House Dems have filed today with the appeals court, like I said, saying they need the material fast for this impeachment to prove a pattern of behavior. And they need them as they will continue investigating using Article One impeachment powers, regardless of the trial outcome for the Ukraine stuff. So let's look at some of my favorite parts. I feel like music should be playing. Uh, <laughs> I can do it. What, what do you want? What do you want? Uh, let's see. So my favorite parts of this report saying uh, with the federal crimes they accused Trump of committing under the first article of abuse of power, including bribery and wire fraud. This is my this is so good. They say, although President Trump's actions need not rise to the level of federal criminal violation to justify impeachment, his conduct here was criminal that they say that explicitly. Mm-hmm. So basically, you don't need a federal crime to impeach. But if you want one, here's a couple. First of all, there's wire fraud, uh, which carries a 20-year prison term, and they make sure to put that in there. And they say, quote, the underlying wire fraud statute requires a transmission by wire, radio, or television communication in interstate of for- or foreign commerce, any writings for the purpose of executive um, scheme, of executing a scheme or artifice. Uh, President Trump's July 25th call to President Zelensky, as well as his July 26th call to Ambassador Sundland, both were foreign wire communications made in furtherance of an ongoing bribery scheme. Yeah. Uh, according to Politico, Democrats argue that Trump crossed the threshold into criminal behavior with his posture towards Zelensky, uh, writing in the report that his request for the announcement of politically motivated investigations constituted the solicitation of a bribe under federal law. Those investigations have value to Trump personally, and he abused the power of the presidency to schedule a White House visit and withhold military aid to obtain them. That makes what he did corrupt and satisfies all the elements of a bribery of crime. Uh, In the report, the House Dems also say that waiting for litigation to compel witnesses is a waste of time and it's never been required before. And they also discuss how Trump has abused. I'm paraphrasing that, by the Mm -hmm. way. And uh, they also discuss how Trump has abused the courts to delay impeachment. Waiting would make Congress subservient to the executive and violate the separation of powers. 
They then raised the issue of the pattern of behavior by Trump, as shown in the Mueller report with Trump's solicitation of Russian assistance, um, that while it didn't rise to the level of federal criminal prosecution, it more than establishes a pattern of behavior, as well as his multiple incidents of obstructing justice, and how that lends to the totality of the evidence in his blatant obstruction of Congress in the Ukraine scheme. Uh, and that's the second article of impeachment. So that's those are the best parts. Um, they go in, they spell out the crimes, they say how they meet the, the criteria of the crimes. They say, you don't need crimes, but here are some. And, and bribery, 15 years, wire fraud, 20 years. He would be looking at 35 years in prison if this were a federal criminal investigation. Yeah, I laugh because of how much of a dream that would be <clears throat> and how far away it is from being attained. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, but, womp womp. Yeah, but that's that's nice. That is I- incredibly well worded. Yeah, right? Yeah. I was, uh, I feel like a lot of the things that we see, it's one of the first documents, I haven't read it yet. Well, a lot of that was me. Oh, well then... I don't know what parts I'm thinking are theirs and what are yours. Either way, it all sounded lovely. Oh, thank you. Yes. But just the concept of them yeah. going through sort of proofs, essentially, like, they're debunking things through, you know, logic and, like, legal logic mm-hmm. in ways that they haven't really laid out before exactly, I think. Uh, or maybe they have, but in other words. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they do cite a lot of case law. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they, they do start out saying Trump betrayed the country. He abused his power, da, da, da. They, back, they kind of counter or, you know, rebut the argument that, you know, it, you, you have to have a crime. They sort of take that out of the equation by saying, here's a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the Republicans have disputed all of it and said, these aren't crimes. You have no trial. This isn't due process. It's a sham, hoax, witch hunt. There's a 20-page... Um, dissent from Doug Collins in this report. Mm-hmm. I have the report included twenty pages of Doug Collins yelling at clouds <laughs> because that's just a, it's um it's really good. I, if you have a minute, you know, read the first hundred or so pages. That's it's good, and like you said, Jordan, it's oh, really well written. <laughs> if you have a minute, read the first hundred pages. <laughs> but you're right; it's really well written. It's easy mm-hmm. to understand, um, and. I I wish they would have released maybe an executive summary to I the public. I was just going to ask, do they have any sort of summary like um, in the beginning? Not really. They just no. sort of go over the articles and then they just sort of launch into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fine. It does. I think another reason why the tone is very appealing to me is because it's more conclusory. Is mm-hmm. that a word? Mm-hmm. Okay. Or conclusive. What's yep. the difference? Um, no, those are acceptable along the same lines perfect uh, we talked a lot about um when ken Starr did his report Mm -hmm. he drew conclusions his was conclusory and whereas Mueller's was more hey open-ended sort of the baton passing you talk about yeah Yeah. here's some stuff yeah yeah i guess a lot of the language coming out of the house up until this point has been in the spirit of an investigation which means it's not a lot of you know totality sort of statements so reading something like that is cathartic yeah. it seems or it will be when i read my hundred pages <laughs> in one minute <laughs> uh, i just like that they make very clear and they match their own court filings in this uh you know declaration where they say look the reason that the Mueller stuff isn't in here is because it's still being litigated mm-hmm. 
And that is why we aren't litigating the Ukraine stuff, uh, because we don't have the time. The, there, there's an election in 2020. The election is in jeopardy. There is a pattern of behavior of this president reaching out to foreign um, governments to help him interfere in the elections to, you know, to to um, meddle and, and affect the outcome of the elections. And, and we can't we can't we don't have time to litigate this. We are already litigating the Mueller information. So. We need to wait for that. And then in their court filings, that sentiment is mirrored. They're saying, look, we need this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's time is of the essence. We're impeaching the president. We're trying to show a pattern of behavior. The Mueller grand jury materials and the McGahn testimony will allow us to do that. So chop, chop. Mm hmm. Um, but chop chop. I mean, if 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 the <laughs> yeah, that's like saying chop chop to a snail. Yeah, <laughs> come on, come on, come on, <laughs> come on, sloth. Yeah, and on top of that, the sky is just raining salt. Yeah, the, the sky is the administration. <laughs> Ooh, I'm trying. I'm so hard. <laughs> oh, that was so sad. That was very sad. <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetical slugs in my head are <laughs> melting. Their eyes are just like, no. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> no slugs were harmed in the making of this podcast. In my brain, they were. <laughs> so uh, I, I, this just all comes back to this whole thing, this argument that, uh, argument may be a strong word, that Democrats are having with themselves, mm-hmm. which is on one side, uh, which we've had people like, uh, Uncle Blazer and uh, on the show arguing that, hey, wait, don't impeach yet. Wait until we get these materials. Wait until we get the taxes. Wait until we get the grand jury stuff from Mueller. Wait until we get McGahn to testify and then do one giant impeachment. And then we've got the other side, like the Terry Canefields and um, saying, no, we can't wait. We have to do this now. And Pelosi herself hasn't scheduled a date for the vote. Uh, And then, you know, you have to hire House managers in order to send everything over to the Senate. So, again, everything seems everyone's like ninety nine point nine nine percent sure this Wednesday there will be a vote. Uh, I I'm going to wait to see. uh, And if it happens, I'll be like, yep, look, it happened. And then we can determine what we you know, we can talk about how we go from there after that but until we know we don't know and and i i really think that it's it's an interesting argument because there's there's pros and cons for each one mm-hmm. if we wait and hold back then the republicans still have their due process you're preventing due process from duly elected senators um and then you also have the it's getting too close to the election argument then on the other side you wait that will just drive trump insane uh, you you use your leverage to hold these articles and say you have just come out and told us you aren't going to entertain a fair trial. We need you to uh, change your tune. Not that they would, but at least say it publicly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, um, ever, there's the argument of holding the senators responsible. Um, however, you know, waiting and like if they impeach in June instead, it will be fresher in everyone's mind if if they exonerate then. Then, of course, you run across the problem. What if we find enough evidence and they remove him in June or July? Then we've got to elect somebody uh, not running against the worst person in the, on the planet. So there's there's pros and cons to each side. I'm 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 feeling comfortable that Pelosi knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. We're all just going to have to wait and see. But I'm especially just sort of like, all right, you know what? I'm going to. 
I'm going to just roll with it and see what happens. Um, I don't know that there's a wrong way to do this. Yeah, it's I I imagine what their sort of like locker room looks like. They must have experts, legal experts around them, people that were around during obviously Clinton and Watergate and just trying to think what's best given the timing of the election that's coming up, the likelihood of him winning re-election, what's going to be best for them, just all of the strategic. It's it's so hard because it's a strategic game with really no example that directly mirrors where you're at ever. Yeah, we can't be like, hey, send us your best practices. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we just have to... Again, talking about like having faith in Pelosi and stuff, just like, well, she's been around for a pretty long time there and pretty well connected to the people that probably have the best legal opinions and all this stuff. So you just kind of have to believe that they're going to do the right thing. Yeah, it's it's tough to to feel so out of control, mm-hmm. especially if you're a control person. <laughs> so yeah. which I'm totally not. I'm not even... <laughs> Not that at all. Yeah. But I, I can feel how I can, I can like feel the country like I'm going to go over some poll numbers. The polling polling is going up in favor of impeachment um, at about the clip we thought it would. So that's good. And uh, so, you know, we'll again, we'll see what happens. Um, I'd like to say we're going to vote for impeachment on Wednesday. I just oh, we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see. It's not on the schedule yet. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we uh, have more impeachment news uh, right after this. So stay with us. Hey, everybody. Today's Daily Beans is brought to you by Audible. Audible has an unmatched selection of audiobooks with bestsellers, mysteries, memoirs, motivational books, and more. My recommendation this week is The Threat. And the reason I'm recommending The Threat this week by Andrew McCabe is because we're going to be covering it over the holidays on this feed. Uh, so check that out. It's written and narrated by the uh, the man himself, Andy McBabe. Uh, I'm listening to it now. Again, I've, I've just absolutely loved the book. It, he goes over the chronology of all the steps leading up to opening a crossfire hurricane, which is extremely relevant right now in, in light of the Inspector General report that just came out. Um, sign up as an Audible listener. You'll get one free audiobook a month, exclusive sales, and 30% off all regularly priced audiobooks. You can download and access all your audiobooks on any portable device, anytime, anywhere with the free Audible app. It's great for listening during workouts, while commuting or traveling, uh, or during your holiday travels. You can recommend and share audiobooks with friends, and, and you they make exchanges easy. And with Audible, you own all your books and keep them forever, even after you cancel. I love that. Right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month. That's incredible. That's more than half off the regular price. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. So visit audible.com slash dailybeans or text dailybeans to 500-500. That's audible.com slash dailybeans or text dailybeans to 500-500. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back. Uh, A source from the House uh, of Representatives told CNN yesterday that 30 freshman Democrats are pushing Nancy Pelosi, not hard, um, (laughs) to draft Justin Amash as an impeachment manager for the Senate trial. As we know, Justin Amash is a Republican turned independent that supports the impeachment of Trump. He's been an outspoken critic of Trump. It's been reported as highly unlikely that Pelosi would agree to this because so many Democrats want this job because of the political exposure you'll get. The idea of drafting a mosh to, to, is to put forth a bipartisan front during the Senate trial and to appeal to voters with a more conservative voice, obviously. Uh, the group of freshman Dems pushing for a mosh is led by Minnesota Democrat Dean Phillips, who says a mosh could reach conservative voters in a way Democrats can't 
because no one's, you know, I mean, if mm-hmm. you're a conservative, there's just such a divide right now. No mm-hmm. one's going to listen to a Democrat. And this could bolster their case in the court of public opinion, which is the important court right now. Uh, Amash could also provide cover for GOP accusations that the impeachment is partisan, and he's one of the most conservative members of the House. Quote, to the extent that this can be bipartisan, <laughs> it should. And I think including Representative Amash amongst the impeachment managers is a smart move, both for the country and for the substance and for the optics. And that's according to Phillips. That's the Minnesota guy leading this. And he added that Amash brings an array of qualifications. He's an attorney, he's a constitutionalist, and the first and only member of the Republican conference when he was a Republican to show courage. <laughs> I love that little dig at the end. To show courage. The first and only Republican when he was a Republican to show courage. <laughs> uh, that's according to the Washington Post, who first reported this effort. Uh, I think it was last night. So that's an interesting gambit. I d- again, I, d- I don't think they would put uh, an independent, former Republican independent as one of the House managers. I don't know how many House managers there are. Yeah. Well, what if the Republicans do that to VD? Ooh. Yeah. I don't know if he can switch quite yet. Yeah? Yeah, I think he has to wait until the election. Well, what are the rules for selecting a House manager? Yeah. And does each party get to do it? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm going to have to look up those rules. Yeah. I have no idea either. Clearly. I think the prosecution <laughs> sends house managers. I think they're Dems. I'm assuming there okay. could be a minority house manager in the trial. Um, Doug Collins probably wants that job himself. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly don't know. I would assume Bluff. McCarthy would have. He's the he's the minority leader in the house. He would probably pick. Jim Jordan. I don't know. Mm. I, I don't even know if Republicans get a house manager. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. I don't know too much about. Right. Impeachment I rules. I know. Like, You're not supposed to. Yeah. And uh, the House Rules Committee meets tomorrow anyway to set this up. So maybe that's uh, we'll see those rules in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, since the Dems get to set the rules, uh, they might uh, outline how many House managers there are and, and who they can be or what committees they can come from or if they can come from any committee and how many the minority gets. That We might see that in the rules where they set up because that's the rule committee that where they decide how they're going to transfer this out to the full house Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't know if it's going to include the rules on how they transfer it out of the house into the senate Mm -hmm. and i don't even know like a lot of people have asked me does a full house vote just trigger it automatically to go to the senate after that or do you have to vote to send it to the senate like how you know Mm -hmm. maybe we'll know a little bit more after tomorrow after the after some some of those rules get discussed and debated in the rules committee yeah um, somebody else named Alyssa Slotkin, one of the 31 Democrats who flipped seats in the midterms, um, faced her constituents at a town hall in Rochester, Michigan. She uh, she came out with an op-ed this morning saying she will vote yes on both articles of impeachment. Uh, and she she faced her constituents when she went went home yesterday. So let's or it might have been today. Let's listen to that clip. The thing that was different for me is this very very basic idea that the President of the United States would reach out to a foreign power and ask for an investigation for personal political gain. While we may not agree, I I hope you believe me when I tell you that I made this decision out of principle and out of a duty to protect and defend the Constitution. I feel that in my bones, and I will stick to that, regardless of what it does to me politically, because this is bigger than politics. Yeah, so Slotkin had had said she was not whipped. 
um, <laughs> by mm-hmm. Pelosi. Right. Mm-hmm. She was not approached. She was not pushed into this. This was her decision. And I have to say, I think it was extraordinarily brave of her to hold that town hall, knowing it was a district Trump won mm-hmm. quite handily in 2016 that she flipped in 2018. And she's taking a huge political risk in voting for impeachment. And a, a lot of um, of the House Dems are. Yeah. I remember when we met in Chicago and we did our live show and Renato Mariotti was there and we were talking about how the reason there were about 70 House Dems who weren't going to vote for impeachment. This mm-hmm. is prior to the Ukraine scandal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that clip gave me chills. It's yeah. so crazy. Yeah. And I, you pointed this out before we came back on air, but just how the claps overwhelm the booing and the protesting from pro-Trumpers, I imagine. Um, it's really, really overwhelming because... I wonder if that energy can be reflected in the electorate the next election. And That's instead why it of gave her me losing it, yeah, instead of her losing the seat, maybe it'll reignite or continue to ignite those folks that put her there in the first place this time. Yeah, and mainstream media is all like, "Oh, contentious." There were booze and, and protests, and blah, blah, blah. but it seemed like her constituents were happy with what she was saying. Yeah, it seemed like she was talking, and then. People started protesting, and normally that's when Democrats sit there and are polite for a decent <laughs> amount of time until it just gets to a point where they're like, shut the fuck up, yeah. and she's saying such true, good things, and really profound stuff that appeals to not politics, but to a, mor- it's a moral appeal yeah. that they have no choice but to be like lifted into action, and it's like, yeah, just fucking start with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> start there. Start there. Alyssa, yes. <laughs> start there. And so they sit there, they're all respectful and good people and shit, and they're like, I'm going to let these people exercise their First Amendment like an idiot. And meanwhile, we have Republicans <laughs> who aren't going to go do town halls no. because they don't want to face their constituents. Yeah. Uh, and she did, and I thought that was really well done. I thought so, too. That was brave of her. It was. Yeah. And speaking of uh, non-brave people... Uh, actually, more, I think insane would probably be a better terminology. Uh, Giuliani uh. is uh, in the news. And again, mm-hmm. uh, where he wants to be. Uh, yep. What did they say? What did Comey say? Don't put any, don't put anything between Rudy and a microphone. Mm-hmm. Back when he was uh, at SDNY, who is incidentally now investigating him for multiple crimes. Um, but he, you know, as we know, he recently took his trip to Ukraine. He's making this documentary. Uh, with uh, One American News Network. So, Jordan, what do you have on, on Giuliani's latest shenanigans? Yes, so that network that he's making the documentary with is called One American News, or OAN, you'll see it. And he went on OAN on Saturday and Sunday and did some crazy person interviews. This is a network that just completely unabashedly promotes pedals and gives airtime to pretty much all conspiracy theories, things relating to Hillary Clinton and Pizzagate and just, you know, some fucking QAnon shit. Pretty much anything Russia cooks up. Yeah. OAN will run. Right. That's how. Or it's honestly stuff that Russia picks up and then continues, right? Right. Who did we hear that from? Uh, Jack Bryan and uh, the Active Measures folks mm-hmm. and a lot of different people that we talk to say, you know, it's not that the, that these ideas are born in Russia. They find these little seeds of conspiracy theories in Americans and then push them Fan onto it. larger Amer- mm-hmm. larger Americans. Larger, <laughs> <laughs> larger, group, <laughs> larger groups of Americans. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> yes. That is exactly what 
what they do and what Giuliani's doing and pretty much what the whole basis of his documentary is. But in this case, on Saturday and Sunday, it was just an interview. Uh, and he did that interview. And then Russia picked it up, aired it on, aired clips of it on Russia One, which is, it's not RT, but it's another TV channel that's basically owned by Putin, essentially. Um, so yeah, They're all owned by Putin, I'm sure. Right. Um, and then I think... <laughs> that doesn't there there couldn't be a more Putin name for a network. Russia won. <laughs> Best Russia. Uh so what he was talking about on the interview specifically, he he was saying that he had found, you know, on his travels, he's found more Gulliver's <laughs> like, travels yeah. just for that. <laughs> uh but he, he, he came on he came on air and said that he's found a lot of evidence uh that he found in Ukraine on his little fun trip to support pretty much a, a plethora of conspiracy theories, but most specifically stuff about the Bidens. And he got people to come on uh, with him on the interview, people like Andre Durkock, Durkock, Durkach, Durkach, who is, he's a member of Ukraine's parliament and he is a huge promoter of the Biden-Ukraine conspiracy theories. And then he also brought on Yuri Litsenko, and we've heard Litsenko's name a lot, right? He's a former prosecutor who pretty much was, uh, I don't know, is it fair to say maybe the most pro getting rid of Ivanovich? He was one of the most corrupt prosecutors ever in the history of Ukraine. Absolutely. And yeah, he, he was uh, definitely uh, had some chats with Giuliani about how she was a problem. Yes. And we're also learning, it's being reported that, um, I didn't pick up on this when it came out, but it's, there's an interview that Giuliani did with the New Yorker that was in November in which he said, I believed that I needed Yovanovitch out of the way. She was going to make the investigations difficult for everybody. Mm-hmm. So that's a bombshell snippet yeah. right So that, now. that interview is November, but they, they just put it out this morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, whoa. Yeah. Okay. It just <clears throat> came out. Got it. That makes really did it that's what it says 6 a.m okay today new yorker got it thank you yeah um so maybe one of those things that's not super bombshell news because all of their actions and you know all the witnesses that they're calling quote unquote uh-huh. are just saying basically what amounts to that as well but he he uh he just said really extreme stuff basically the fact that russia picked it up also is a perfect example of what democrats and what any logical thinking person is saying right now which is if you don't stop this behavior this feedback loop of them corruptly going out getting people to fan the fire of these conspiracy theories like we were just saying they they do this over and over again and they're doing it right in the middle of the pinnacle of the impeachment proceedings right now which is directly obviously centered around all of this so it's just such a huge fuck you to everybody yeah and that lindsey graham's gonna let him testify to all this bullshit in our senate yes and it is complete bullshit he said we have this is one of the things that he said in the interview we have found multiple crimes the bidens have committed extortion bribery and money laundering Mm -hmm. so he's just straight up going in Mm -hmm. on the same shit just continuing to solicit foreign help it's it's so mind-numbing how it's a repeat it's a more intense repeat of what they did in the 2016 election except now they've got ukraine in on it even more so or at least it's in a more public way right now yeah and russia's funding it 
because this is bad for Ukraine mm-hmm. and us and mm-hmm. good for Russia. The, yeah. the, the end, you know, right. I mean. Yeah. And they figured out the pro Putin Ukrainians and the people that will get in their backs <laughs> who don't want to, you know, accidentally fall out of a fourth floor apartment building. Yeah. That or they're just also pieces of shit. <laughs> or both. Yeah. Yeah. Or just installed by Putin in some way or yeah. another. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. So, I mean, really the story here is just not only is he not stopping, he is choosing to double down right now in the middle of impeachment and Russia is eating that shit up just like we all knew they would. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah. It's their message. I mean, the message they want to amplify. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for that. Um, we will be right back with an entire block of good news. So stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's AG. This portion of The Daily Beans is brought to you by Root Insurance. Uh, Are you ever in traffic and see someone driving while texting, drinking coffee, shaving, steering with their knees, and think, I am a great driver, why is my insurance so high? Well, I'm done overpaying because I have found the ideal, innovative, and inexpensive insurance company for me. It's called Root Insurance. Instead of basing your car insurance rate on a credit score, age, or gender, or zip code, Root Insurance bases rates primarily on how you drive. By taking bad drivers out of the equation, Root saved its good drivers up to 52% in 2019. There's a reason why Root has been featured in Forbes, TechCrunch, Wired, the Washington Post and Fortune magazine. In 2019, Root was the fastest growing direct insurance company in the United States. They're the world's first mobile first car insurance company, and their insurance card is available right on your phone. And if you get into an accident, you can file a claim directly in your app. It's car insurance made easy with rates based on how you drive, not who you are. All you have to do is download the Root insurance app, drive normally for a few weeks during the Root test drive, and see how much you can save. Don't wait and give Root a try. Head to your app store and download the Root insurance app. Sign up in less than a minute to start your test drive today. That's Root, R-O-O-T. Again, download the Root app today or visit joinroot.com to learn more and see how much you could save. Root reserves the right to refuse to quote any individual in a premium rate of the insurance advertised herein. Savings based on national reviews reported by actual customers. Form 1, not available in all states. This product is not available in California. Hello, boys and girls. This is your old pal, Stinky Whizzleteats. This is a song about a whale. No! This is a song about being happy. That's right. It's the happy, happy, joy, joy song. Happy, happy, joy, joy. 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 Happy, happy, joy, joy, joy. I don't think you're happy enough. All right, welcome back. So, big thing happened over the weekend. Uh, the Hallmark Channel pulled a commercial from Zola because it, it featured a same-sex lesbian couple kissing at a wedding. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, too hot for TV. Got to get that out of there. Too much for Hallmark. <laughs> and uh, because uh, the million moms, m- m- whatever ladies, whatever, what are they called? Million moms group? I, have, There's the, I couldn't tell you a single program that I know that's on that show. They have... No. No, no, no. This was a group on Twitter. Oh, oh, got The it, Million sorry. Moms Family Values, whatever. They have 4,000 followers. They call themselves Million Moms. Got it. Um, they they, <laughs> they complained, and so Hallmark pulled it, and then everybody pretty much lost their shit. Mm-hmm. And I know I tweeted it out. Everyone was like, this is uh, unacceptable. You know, this is 2019. Why are you making me feel this way after all this time? Like, we, this, it's been legal. Four years now, uh, we've had it here in this country as a thing. It's a thing. And now you're just pulling this. Um, we talked about it a little bit over the weekend shows. Uh, uh, but now, B- 
because of the backlash, Hallmark's like, okay, we're going to reach out to Zola. We'll put it back on the air. We're so sorry. We're sorry we caused any hurt. They're apologizing profusely, and they're uh, going, I think, to start rerunning the ad again. So uh, point here uh, is that (laughs) online activism works. Social media activism can make a difference. Mm -hmm. So next time someone's like, oh, you're just sitting there behind your keyboard and you're not even doing anything. You're stupid. Be like, ah, look. Uh, nope this it works so thank you that is awesome they should re-air the ad but then uh do like a quick cut of uh some bigot standing up during their wedding and being like boo or whatever (laughs) then she gets like smacked in the face with wedding cake and then they continue and then it says hallmark yeah and and the cake is not from this one company (laughs) (laughs) yeah and 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 you know i mean it's not just that it's you know it's not just that you know social media uh sort of activism you know works it's but there's a bigger picture here too out of like the 17 new hallmark holiday movies none of them feature same-sex couples so i mean it's is it a win but like it's like i i my whole point here is it's good news because everybody made their voices heard Mm -hmm. and they made a change based on that vocalization and i think that that's important whether or not you think the hallmark channel is full of shit or not yeah you know what i mean i think it's a win because it shows a group of entitled people that are also bigots and unwilling to change with the times or and that's a very nice way of putting it yeah (laughs) that's best case scenario worst case scenario is they're actually just complete homophobics yeah and i've actually (laughs) i've actually i've actually stopped using the word homophobe uh, because phobia means you're afraid of something and these people are just assholes. Yeah. So I, I read that tweet somewhere. I saw that somewhere and I, I like that. So what word would you describe then when someone is specifically an asshole to a same sex or, or queer couple? Anything that's not like an anti-LGBTQ plus yeah. sort of they, I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to ask. Yeah. But but yeah, to me, it's a win because of that. It's like, hey, just because you have an opinion and you've probably historically always had power you don't get to just steamroll whatever the fuck displeases how you your, your sensibilities or, or yeah exactly your shitty sensibilities yep agreed so that's a bit of good news more good news fox polling numbers on impeachment are out and they're up four percent for impeachment from last month uh i imagine we could see that number climb to 60 in january it's at 54 percent in the Fox News poll said he, he should be impeached or removed 53 percent say he abused his power and this is fox news so that's good and so that that made me happy to see that those numbers are ticking up um because for a minute there everyone was like nope numbers aren't budging numbers aren't budging now of course it's a fox news poll i don't know how mm, i don't know their methods i didn't read their uh you know their validity tests i didn't like look too hard into it but um that just apples to apples end over end from their previous poll uh it's gone up uh four percent so mm-hmm interesting and trump is mad and sad and pissy he's tweeted like a hundred times today he's just having a fit it's <laughs> fucking fit and he's like again he's praising giuliani and he's he's you know uh it's calling the impeachment a sham it's his it's his same old potluck of craziness um so that's happening uh but despite what he says the, even the fox news polls uh the majority want him impeached mm-hmm. all right it's time for a little schadenfreude 
Okay, really cool piece here. I'm going to go way into it, uh, into detail on uh, Mueller, she wrote, our sister podcast this coming Sunday. Flynn, uh, (laughs) the judge said today, uh, you're full of shit and I hate you and you're dumb. And he, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but basically, because Flynn was trying to say that there were, and his attorney, Sidney Powell, who's just a conspiracy theory nut job Fox News contributor was trying to say you know that the FBI should be disbanded and this whole case should be thrown out and um, uh, because he was set up he was framed and you know Mr. Flynn General Flynn is a good you know good solid man oh and by the way Brady violations which is like we basically saying the FBI and the government failed to hand over hundreds of pieces of exculpatory evidence evidence that would show Flynn was innocent uh, the judge said that you have failed to show any Brady violations. And this judge, Sullivan, he's very, very big about Brady violations. That's like one of his things. Mm-hmm. He's known for it. And he's like, you failed to prove that he that there were any mm-hmm. Brady violations. Wrong. Eh. And the IG report came out. So, you know, that they wanted to wait to see. And and the judge is like, yeah, no, the FBI acted properly. You weren't framed. So shut up. <laughs> and then... He told Sidney Powell, he yelled at his lawyer. He said, oh, and by the way, this paragraph in your brief is cut whole cloth from a SCOTUS decision. That's plagiarism. Jesus and you Christ. you may have violated legal ethical rules by plagiarizing a SCOTUS decision and using it in your brief. Wow. And I didn't know you weren't allowed to do that. Yeah. Not without citing it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he said, yeah, and fuck you January 28th. That's when we're sentencing you. Welcome Ooh, back. That's so, exciting. I know. Welcome back. January 28th. Because you remember December 18th, 2018. What a great day that was. That's the w- when uh, Sullivan pointed at the flag and said, you've embarrassed yourself and you embarrassed this country. And then he asked the prosecutors if they thought about charging with treason. Do you guys look at investigating treason? And then he had to sort of walk that back. He had seen everything we hadn't seen. And we still haven't seen everything. Mm-hmm. All the underlying Mueller information about Flynn. And and now he's just like, you're dumb, you're dumb, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, and fuck you. Mm -hmm. And now, uh, January 28th, good luck. Good luck. Sick. Yeah, so Q, of course, is like, oh, they're going to let him off the hook. Everything's going to be fine. You'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. When will you stop? January 28th. No. (laughs) No, they won't. They'll be like, this deep state conspiracy, Sullivan's in on it. And then, and then... (laughs) And then they're like, oh, they're, they're going to pardon Flynn. They're going to pardon him on the 29th. Really? A, a president in the middle of an impeachment for reaching out to foreign governments to meddle in elections is going to pardon a guy who helped him reach out to foreign governments to meddle in an election? If he's anything like Giuliani, yes, that's exactly what he will do. That's awesome. Uh, and we haven't heard anything from Trump yet. He hasn't said Flynn's a good man, but I'm sure he will look for it, uh, particularly maybe around my birthday, January 20th. you probably start hearing Flynn's a good man. What they did is unfair. Mm. Uh, somebody on Twitter, I was like, this because somebody replied to my, you know, news story about this, and someone's like, oh, they'll pardon him. And somebody replied to that, no, Flynn didn't murder anybody. <laughs> you you got to be a murderer if you mm-hmm. want you want Trump to pardon you. Uh, so that's that's really nice. I thought so. Yeah, that is that is your Schadenfreude for today. And Ooh. then uh, one final thing, we have a hashtag. Let's get social. 
Hashtag. All right, trending today is hashtag impeachment eve already. Scott Dworkin tweets, raise your hand if you're going to the impeachment eve rally near you tomorrow night or supporting it online if you can't make it. That's tonight if you're listening on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, he says it needs to be the loudest route the resistance has ever been. Let's show the world America wants Trump impeached and removed. Head to impeach.org to find a demonstration near you. Uh, and we will see you out there. Uh, and if you like, uh, like Scott says, if you can't be there, support it online uh, and check out the hashtag. And that's that's what's trending today. So uh, any final thoughts before we go? I'm trying to pick which one I want to go to because we have like three, I think. There's one in Escondido. And I think the only one that was in San Diego proper was the one that happened Sunday night at Waterfront Park. But yeah, I need to look at El Cajon. Oh, there's one in the box? El Cajon. Yeah, there are three that are set. So we'll see. Word. Yeah. If you guys, uh, or you all, sorry, are having, or going to any of those, let me know. Yeah, let us know. On Twitter. On the Twitter. Mm-hmm. Either at Daily Beans Pod, uh, follow us. One lucky winner will win dinner with me and our network CEO from Starburns Audio. And also you can let us know on our Muller She Wrote Twitter, at Muller She Wrote, uh, or email us uh, either way on our website. It's totally cool. Totally legal and totally cool. <laughs> uh, I have no final thoughts other than I'm really loving this good news uh, D-block. So uh, thanks for all of your ideas about what to call it. Still looking for a name. Uh, just hit us up uh, all those places we just told you and let us know what we should call it. Someone sent me a message and suggested Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Yeah. It just reminds me of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Cool mm-hmm. Beans. <laughs> Yeah, joy beans, jelly beans, ooh, rainbows, jelly beans, and puppy dogs beans. (laughs) (laughs) That makes no sense. We'll think of something. Thank you for all of your suggestions, and thanks for supporting us. We really appreciate it. Everybody, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn, and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>